What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show, the podcast. It is early release week. We are a mere three, four, the, March 24th. We're so close to this game coming out. We can't wait. And as you can see, we are celebrating release week with our good friend, Nutsy, the second ever guest to make a second appearance on the show. That's awesome. Happy to be here. Can't wait to have some good conversation about the game today. <laughs> yeah, we're going to it's it's actually incredible because we're going to talk about like a good MLB the show. We're going to start off by bashing 22 because yeah. it's our last chance to do so really in this public forum. Uh, but then we're going to celebrate 23. Uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes, just PSA, um, I will be streaming launch night, twitch.tv slash KDJTV. We've had a lot of new people come by stream lately, and I love you all immensely. Uh, and also coming out tomorrow, Wednesday, the day after you're listening to this podcast, 69 things to do day one and then it'll be the show 23. Nice. It, no, thank you. It is, <laughs> it was shockingly difficult to come up with 69 things. I hit 45 pretty organically, and then I was like, ooh. We're going to have to start making some stretches here. But hey, we did it. Whiteboard Wednesday, tomorrow, noon Eastern. So, Nutsy, thank you, first of all, again, for being back on the show. Of but course. we agreed to spend the first handful of minutes here rest in peacing 22. And it's not all going to be kind. So I'll let you get your opinions out the way first because you made your return to streaming after a little bit of a hiatus. And unfortunately, you had to come back and play 22. So... How are you feeling about this game going away? I literally am so excited to uninstall <laughs> this game after my stream on Monday. My Monday is going to be my last MLB The Show 22 stream, and then I'm uninstalling the game, and I'm never going to look at it again. Um, the game was a large percent of the reason why I stopped creating content last summer. Yeah. Like, I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, it was I was going through life changes, getting married, that kind of stuff. But on top of that, like the game was so unenjoyable to grind and play mm -hmm. that I just couldn't force myself to make content around it anymore. And like kudos to you and the others that played the game all year and made content around the game all year. But I couldn't do it, man. Like literally the the gameplay was atrocious. The content, I will say, had a lot of ups and downs this year. Like there were mm -hmm. some absolutely unbelievable content drops. And then there was 99 Ken Griffey, right? Like, so <laughs> yeah. you had these weird like peaks and valleys of content. But overall, the gameplay was so unenjoyable that I I couldn't force myself to play rank seasons. I couldn't force myself to play BR. And honestly, there's only, at least through my content, what I've seen is there's only so much you can grind the offline stuff. Mm -hmm to have the viewer stay around and people, people watching enjoy it. Um, so realistically, like <laughs> I, I, I just, I cannot be more excited for this game to go away. There are too many issues with 22 to really even, we'd need five hours of time to just shit on this game nonstop, mm -hmm. but it, you're right about rank seasons. It's the least I've ever played rank seasons. And I usually nine innings is my mode. That's what I want to play. I want to sit down. I want to make my God squad, whether it's a God squad, a true God squad, or just like my favorite cards. I want to use my cards in a nine inning setting. I played maybe 200 ranked games, which for some people is a lot for others. Not so much for me. I'm usually a little more than that. I played 50. Yeah. Like you said, though, you just couldn't bear it. And you took a little break, which is good. You yeah. got married. Congratulations. All good. Things. Thank you. Um, But the other thing this year, I think more than ever before, and maybe it's just because I'm so negative and sour on this game that I've like amplified it in my head. It was so much easier for trolls to get under your skin this year. I, 
you know, I know a lot of super competitive players are all about skill gap, skill gap, skip, yeah, skill gap, skill gap. And that makes sense, right? You should always want a skill gap in any game that has input. I think sometimes that gets a little overblown too, because baseball is a relatively fluky sport sometimes, but mm. God, this game just to the max fluke, the, the sliders were turned all the way up. There was no such thing as like fair gameplay. It was just awful. Start to finish from day one until all the way now. It's horrible. Horrible, yeah. horrible. I think that, and I, I mean, for all intents and purposes, 22 was copy and paste gameplay from the end of the year of 21. Which was also and terrible. Yeah. The change to the PCI being able to extend it outside the zone mm-hmm. ruined hitting. Like it literally, it literally killed hitting because it created situations where people could get rewarded for swinging at pitches way out of the zone yeah. and they would get weak content or contact, but it would find grass so much the amount of very early very late swings that would be little bloopers over your first baseman or third baseman that your shortstop or second baseman couldn't get to or would just slice down the line and be a double like and i understand that that's baseball and mlb the show has always sold itself as a realistic baseball sim but at the end of the day if i'm playing a game against another person online i want the best person to win and if i'm running into a player who's getting nine very late or very early hits and every time i barrel up a ball it's flying right to a left fielder right to a center fielder there's only so much of that i can take and like even i have always relied on pitching to keep me in games i'm not a consistent hitter Mm -hmm. um i struggle to to hit super consistently in mlb the show but i think of myself as a very very good pitcher and i can't get out pitching because if i throw a sinker in on the hands that's like four or five inches in on the zone or I throw a, a change up that's like seven inches down, it doesn't matter because they can get the mm-hmm. PCI there and poke it into the outfield. It's, it's which basically takes my whole ability to play the game away. Um, and obviously the, the response to that is get good scrub, <laughs> learn how to play the game differently. But like there's teams that rely on pitching and there's teams that rely on hitting. And I was a team that relied on pitching and MLB the show 22's gameplay completely nerfed that. Now, I know we'll get into it later, but I think 23 is going to bring that back for me. The changes that they made, um, at least in the tech test, felt like you're really, really, really going to have to get your PCI to the ball. And it seems like they really, really nerfed exit velocities on pitches out of the zone, Mm -hmm. which is going to be, I think, really, really good for the game. But 22, those were my biggest frustrations is like I never felt like I could get consistent consistently rewarded for good inputs while consistently getting rewarded for bad inputs. And it's so ironic to me that you're hundred percent, right? The amount of fluke little like dumpy hits, like you could pick the ball up and toss it to a perfect spot. And that's where the ball, like that's the type of yeah. hit these people were getting. Meanwhile, you could lace a ball, what you think would be a surefire double in the gap. And it's either caught in the alley or somehow you're thrown out at second base. So they say they want the field to play bigger in 23, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of us have been saying for years. It feels so hard to hit extra base hits that are not home runs. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the field was playing pretty big in front of the outfielders because everything was dropping for hits. So I think they just needed to balance like the the speed and reaction of outfielder movement, I think is really yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it seems like that a lot of the changes they made to fielding this year are going to do that i hope so. um a lot of players getting worse jumps because like literally if you had a 91 say you had like a 91 fielding guy who had 98 speed 
there no ball was getting down in the alley. Mm-hmm. Like you could lace a ball 110 miles per hour and it's not getting down in the gap. Yeah. And that's that's crazy. That's not something mm-hmm. that happens in real life baseball. So I'm I'm expecting there to be a way to play this game. So like for the last two or three years, this game has been very much um out or home run. Like it doesn't yep. feel like there's been a lot of stringing of hits together to score runs. Very hard to this do year from the tech test at least it looked like there's going to be a lot of stringing together hits to score runs and like base running is really going to matter. And um, which I think is cool. I think it's good for the game. I think it creates a, a skill gap. It's not just home run or bust, which is I, ultimately I think will be good for gameplay. It's, it's somewhat of kind of like a, a meme a little bit in my Twitch streams where when we play BR, I would say probably 50% of the time at this point, we play Adalberto Mondesi or O'Neill Cruz in center field. Neither of them have that as a secondary, but they're fast. They have strong arms and they run the ball down. Mm -hmm. Listen, super athletes, not taking anything away from them. They should not be getting good jumps on balls in center field. Like that's just not how it should work. Yeah. So eliminating that from the game, you talk about realistic baseball experience, like they want that will aid that process. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, I agree. Um, There was, like you said, there was so many issues with MLB The Show 22. But I think my biggest frustration with the game, without a doubt, was the the rewarding of bad input. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't bother me so much if I'm playing like Franchise or Road to the Show, right? Because I kind of want those games to replicate fluky stuff. But if I'm trying to go 12-0 in a BR run and I have a 6-0 BR run completely derailed because a dude gets seven fluky hits, pokes one through through the middle of the infield or pokes one past a diving first or third baseman or, you know, hits a little bloop into the early or in the um, shallow outfield. Like that kind of stuff cannot be happening in competitive yeah. game modes. I think that's a great, matter. that's a great delineation to make. Like if you're playing offline franchise, Luis Arise should be getting little flare hits. Like that's mm-hmm. his bag. He's very good at it. That's his thing. But like, if I'm playing someone head-to-head and it's who's better, whether you go on a pitch-by-pitch basis or an entire game basis, I want the person who gets the best input to get the win. Or at least make it really close, right? It can't be a blowout yeah. one way or the other. Yeah. Um, and MLB The Show 22 did that so poorly. And I've I've never been a good enough player. Like, I'm a pretty consistently like seven to 800 ranked season player. I'm not a consistent World Series player. I don't grind for World Series that often, but like... 700 to 800 is my my sweet spot. That's where I end mm-hmm. up a lot of the times when I do play ranked seasons. Um, I am not a good enough player to overcome BS. So if yeah, my like, opponent exactly, gets... you can't have the deck stacked against you, and nobody no. should have that. But especially like yourself, like you're on that cusp. Imagine if things roll your way, you could sort a World Series. Yeah, it's just, but it just felt like it never, um, it, it never, it never broke my way. It was always my opponent running into a situation where he would get string together like three blue pits and then hit a grand slam. And I'd be like, all right, well now I'm down four runs in a hall of fame ranked seasons game. Like Randy Johnson's on the bump. Good luck. Like, cool. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll try to come back now. Yeah. So everybody led us together this week, whether it's after the stream on Monday, whether it's Thursday, whether it's Friday morning, let us all come together and delete MLB the show 22. I hope when content creators on YouTube go back in time and be like, wow, I played MLB The Show blank five years later. We just skip 22. We Mm -hmm. just don't even reinstall it. We forget it existed. It is, at least in the last, like, 15 years of me playing baseball games all the time, 
it is one of the bottom three of all time. It might be the bottom, but I just don't have the memory to really sift through that last tier. It's awful. I don't think it can overcome MLB The Show 18. It's, I think MLB The it. Show 18 is the worst baseball game that I've ever played in my life. But MLB The Show 22 is around that tier. And um, it's not good that a game that releases annually within four years of each other had two of the worst games of all time. It's true. But it's the weird. The weirdest part to me is like I loved MLB The Show 20. Like that, was fun. I, that game dude like literally that game was so much fun i grinded the heck out of it it was so enjoyable that's the game that got me started with this stuff so yeah and then mlb the show 21 i thought was really really good up until they made the pci change and that completely shifted that gameplay for the for the rest of the year but from april until september i grinded the crap out of it enjoyed the content Mm -hmm. enjoyed the gameplay really really enjoyed playing the game and then to have it downgrade so substantially from 21 to 22 when I think of 21 as being a average to above average game and then have just a terrible game in 22, it makes no sense to me how you can have that dramatic of a mm-hmm. shift year to year, especially in a game that frankly doesn't change a whole lot yeah. year to year. Um, yeah. But I will say that the the changes that they are making to 23 that we saw in the tech test and that they've announced so far um, are minor changes that I think are going to make major impacts to the game. So. Yeah. I think this is a good transition point. I think, you know, essentially taking MLB The Show 22 off from game updates, a lot of us, at least early on, thought that was sheer negligence. Just like, oh, they clearly don't care. Oh, they don't have staffing. Whatever excuses we were making in our heads to justify what was going on. Now, and I really hope this is true, it truly seems like it's a little probably irresponsible to say that they punted 22. But I think 22 was very clearly a get us over the hump game. Let's focus all of our energy and attention on 23 and make sure we hit the ground running on the first. This is the first time they're calling it current gen, which is also ridiculous, but really hit the ground running with 23. Yeah, I I don't know. Early in 22, it seemed it seemed pretty clear that the things that we were saying about the game and the things we were struggling with in the game could not be fixed it it, like the only thing that makes sense for me for them to take the actions they did in 22 is if they looked at our feedback tried to fix it and realized oh this is just unfixable we can't do it based on this hardware or based on this um game engine or based on the changes we put into the game like we just can't do anything about it sorry guys we're gonna have to try again for 23 and um when you look at the whole of 22 the fact that we got no substantial gameplay changes all year the fact that freeze-offs were a thing up until the late in the year the fact that even the xbox lineup crash <laughs> was a thing until like september hey the biggest thing they did was fix andrew mccutcheon's hair breaking the game that's the that's biggest true. fix yeah. they made that's it and then you look at when content ended in mlb Way the show early. 22 it Way ended in like early. november we got finest and then it was it was over that was the yeah. end of content for the year um both of those things combined I think speak to what you're saying that they, they very clearly realized early 22 was just not going to be a good year and Mm -hmm. they had to suffer through it and they needed to make sure that 23 was going to be a substantial step up. And it's not like, pardon my French a little bit. It's not like they blew their load too early. Like there were still cards that they could have made. We didn't get the juice Lou Gehrig. Kenny Mm -hmm. Lofton got a 99, a 91 in like, end of april and never saw life again like there were cards that could have been made 
hold on, wait a second though. Kenny Lofton, I think, is a slightly different situation because did, I think he got the did a thing uh, happen? Andrew Jones Alamar treatment. Okay, then, then there was let's let's walk that back. I didn't realize yeah, there that was happened. some there were some accusations in his past, and it seems like SDS is doing a fairly good job of getting rid of people that have done questionable things in their okay. past. And we'll I think Kenny Lofton is going to be another one. Yeah. But the but point right. still I stands mean, like, with like Lou Gehrig and people like that. Lou Gehrig, yeah. um, Willie Mays yep. never got a, a super juice 99. Like we got a lot of players that just never got their best cards, and especially mm-hmm. in a year where we were getting multiple 99s for people. Like it was kind of weird to have some of these like all time greats, not get all time cards. Yeah. Like Soriano, like, yeah, he got that flashback lightning, but that was early enough where we could have gotten a crazy 40, 40 card of his again. We could have gotten mm-hmm. something. So yeah, for sure. I-, I think they just missed opportunities. And maybe like you said, towards the end of the year, they decided to just give up a little bit and just put their resources toward, you know, hopefully fixing the next game. Um, so with 23 coming out in a couple days, I think this is a great chance for all of us to just take a deep breath, enter this game with like a clear head and not immediately be immediately be, excuse me, super critical of everything. Like, yes, mm-hmm. listen, launch night is probably going to have some server problems. It's yep. inevitable. Yes. Some people might not get their pre-order packs right away. I know that was a struggle of mine in 22. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean the game is instantly trash. Like let's no. just be patient. Let's let them work through kinks. By day seven, if we're still having these problems, maybe we can start talking about it. But, like, give the first couple days a chance. Yeah, I agree. And I think that there's a tendency, especially with sports game fans, I don't feel like it happens in other games, maybe Call of Duty. But, like, the first thing that goes wrong, games and out, game's dead. Yep. Right? Like, yep. that's that's every comment that'll be in my TikTok. When's if, FIFA come out? If, like, yeah, yeah, if there's an issue at the beginning. Um, and it's just, I feel like a lot of these sports games, whether it be 2K or Madden, have lost their goodwill with the, um, with their communities. And I will say like, I generally, I'll generally give SDS the benefit of the doubt. I think Mm -hmm. that they do a good job in general on their games. I think they do a good job on content. I think they know what they're doing, but because these other games have completely shot their, um, their goodwill with their communities, I think that carries over to to MLB the show. So because yeah. Madden has put out so many bad games in a row and because everyone has their struggles with 2K, I think that those thoughts on those games carry into MLB the show. So yeah. I agree with you that we need to give them time, let them figure their stuff out. If there's a, you know, a game breaking bug during the first week and they get it fixed. Okay, cool. You got it fixed. But um, I just don't think people are willing to do that anymore. Yeah. And I, I very much appreciate like 22, the communication was not good. Mm-hmm. And I think that started to sour people as well into what you're saying, like the Madden 2K people. Like those games don't communicate particularly well either. No. And SDS started to go down that path. But I've since forgiven them for a lot of that because of how they have relayed information these last six to eight weeks. Ever since we learned that Jazz was the cover, not only have they been being honest, they've like not apologized because Mm -hmm. that's not really how you market and do PR, but they have like, they've been very transparent. It's like, listen, we heard your feedback. Listen, let's walk back that the PCI is the batter's eyes. Let's give you a bat PCI. Like they're, they're doing the right things to cover their asses on the the nonsense that happened before, hopefully to move forward. Yeah. And I will say that one of the things I'm really, really enjoying this year is 
Um, in prior years, basically every time they did a feature premiere, it was like 20 minutes. It was like 20, 25 yeah. minutes. We did a stream. They would break down the stuff and it'd be over. And this year they're doing such deep dives into every feature premiere we got. Like, I mean, that storylines one. Should yeah, win dude, the storylines. I, I mean yeah. that seriously. That was a phenomenal feature premiere. Agreed. But even the franchise one was an hour and a half and they did deep dives into every single thing that was changed. And they yeah. said that this this week's content feature premiere is going to be the longest one that they've ever done it's gonna be like two hours so like the fact that they're doing these massive deep dives into all of these things and putting you can tell that there's a lot of um love and joy that has went into this game that i don't think we've seen from prior games mm -hmm. um which i i think bodes well for us this year as a community yeah i uh, on the franchise one i did think it dragged a little bit i think mm -hmm. I appreciated the deep dive and like, here's this cool new feature. We're going to show you how it works. I think that's mm -hmm. the correct way to do it. I think they could have taken like 20 minutes off the top, but it's fine. Probably. Either way, I would prefer depth over just skimming the surface of what's coming, especially Agreed. when we talk about the Diamond Dynasty content feature premiere. That's where we need the depth because everything's changing. Yeah. Yeah. This content, this content feature premiere is going to be. It's going to be wild. Like, there's so many things to look forward to. Team Affinity 1 with the captain's cards, the WBC program, and what that looks mm -hmm. like. Um, how 99 day ones are going to work, like how we unlock those cards. And to, to jump into that real quick, um, because I have a, a really big thought on that. I've heard, mm -hmm. seen so many people in my TikTok comments or in my Twitch stream saying 99 cards day one are an L. That's just a terrible way to do it. But the way that I think about it, and and the other one that I've seen a lot is people saying 99 cards day one makes the game pay to win. That's and not I true. don't re really necessarily think that that is the case. We make like, fun of Ramon saying yeah. grind 99 all the time. It's real. It's a yeah. real thing. You can earn everything. Yeah, and the the live series collection is always going to be pay to win. Like yeah. if you dump money into the game, you can finish live series collection day one. You can get incredible cards day one. That is what it is. It's convenient that tax returns hit the bank accounts around this time. Too. Yeah. It's very convenient. And I think that realistically, if the 99s are not buyable, meaning that you actually do have to grind and then they're not sellable, like they're program rewards that are unsellable or whatever. I think that that completely takes that pay to win aspect out of it. Mm -hmm. Right. If you can't, if you can't actually buy the cards, um there's there's no argument to say that the game is pay to win like you just have to go play and get your 99s and if people are like well i don't have time to grind well then i'm sorry man but maybe diamond dynasty isn't your game mode yeah. like that's that's realistically yeah. like you have to put time and effort into diamond dynasty yeah in, in my eyes first of all just sweeping here across the board let's not call things wins or losses until we've held the game in our hands like correct it very well might be an l i'm not saying these people are going to be wrong but like we don't know that yet that's not us being shills for sds that's just us being reasonable human beings like let's play yeah. the game first yeah Secondly, had, to, had to talk about that there are a lot of people about that just like let, let's see how it plays yeah. out before we make a decision one way or the other and like i'm remaining hopeful so let's just operate under the assumption for a moment that the content is rolled out correctly the only way 99's early game can be an L, in my opinion, is if they become like the Immortals grind, which was borderline unreasonable. Mm -hmm. And those cards were just stupid good compared to every other card in the game. Yeah. If we can get scaled 99's that are acquirable with a reasonable grind, like I don't want them to be easy. I want them to be some sort of actual like time commitment or uh, not mission. Missions are the worst, but like, a cruel based system, I'm in. I'm here. But if they're like immortals, that's gonna bother me. 
yeah i i will say that i think that 21 being the first game that brought a lot of people into the franchise because it was the first cross gen Mm -hmm. really incorrectly set people's expectations on how grinds should occur in mlb the show grinding the last like year and a half has been bad yeah because i mean mlb the show 21 you could finish the player of the month program in like 45 minutes Mm -hmm. you could get through the whole thing and you would have a 99 over overall card and then this year you went the opposite way and it Mm -hmm. took like eight hours to finish a player of the month program but here's the thing though if i could just cut you off with that i don't mind an eight hour grind if it is engaging Mm -hmm. eight hour grind right now with player of the month was the most mindless borderline nauseating thing because it was horrible and it felt like a waste of time just play versus cpu at a boost stadium to get a 92 overall anthony rizzo that sucks like it's not even it didn't even make sense and I don't really know what you do with the grinds. Part of the issue that I've been struggling with is um, I'm not a big fan of the parallel XP missions. The um, missions, I don't. I love the the parallel system. Yeah, right? oh, the I love missions, the parallel system. Yeah, the missions for sure. Thing. Yes. Yeah, the parallel yeah. XP missions, and that being how you finish basically a vast majority of programs this year, I think was a downgrade from last year's or 21 when you ha- would have to hit like five home runs with a card and that's how you would finish the mission um for me that felt a lot more engaging than just like go do 350 parallel xp and i will say to give sds some credit when mlb the show 22 launched having the parallel xp effectively be double the amount that it was by the end of the year like they paid attention by the second player of the month they were like oh god that rizzo card was way too hard to grind for we need Mm -hmm. to scale it back a little bit but still like the parallel xp is so frustrating because it is so inconsistent right like you could Mm -hmm. have a situation where you have three straight line outs with a player and guess what you got 30 parallel xp where you got a 90 with the other card because you hit three home runs and there's no way it it would be more it would make more sense too if you could track your xp progress in game the amount of times that i finished a nine inning cpu game and still had like literally six short i was like come on i couldn't have found out a way to get another six in this game and i'm not particularly sure like for some reason there's a requirement that you have to get to the eighth batter in your lineup before parallel XP. i think it's either two it's either two full innings or eight batters through yes which is such a stupid orbit maybe because it's before the pitcher like i don't know I don't, I don't, don't, that's never made sense to me. Like if I want to, if I have a player that I need to get 150 parallel XP with on, like, let me hit three times and then let me back out. Let me jump back in. Especially because the baseball card stats count. It's just the XP does not, which doesn't doesn't make make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that is a thing of the past. Again, like, kind of like you said, I don't know the right way for it to work either, but this is mm -hmm. why they're the game developers and I'm the idiot who buys it. Like I want them to figure it out. I just want them to take our feedback and kind of do what they think is best. Like one of the issues that I think we ran into in last year with the whole um, hittings working as intended, I think that there is a slight disconnect based on the game that the developers want to make versus the game that we want to play. They don't want to create an arcade game. No, and they don't want necessarily it all to be stick skills. They want it to still play as a simulation baseball game. And that's why they are consistently coming at us with, 800 batting average on perfect perfects and like all of these they're constantly giving us stats and numbers to back up what they're doing Mm -hmm. um and we might disagree with that choice but at the end of the day they're the developers they have to make that choice um so i'm curious to see like i'm hoping that our feedback it seems like our content feedback has been listened to for this year because Um, they've at least blown it up like even if this is not exactly what any of us have i don't think anybody on earth conjured this idea other than the Mm -hmm. developers of how to do content but yeah i 
100% respect, even if they swing and miss, to use a baseball pun. I respect the hell out of the fact that they were like, you know what, let's start from scratch. Agreed. And I think that what they said during that, when they announced the sets and seasons setup, um, one of the things they pointed out was they hated kind of the FOMO content setup, which is um, for people that don't know, fear of missing out, which is effectively the reason that you're grinding is because you're scared of missing out on the card that released. You get one card and then there's a new card. Mm -hmm. Like we saw it last year where we would get like 97 Carlos Delgado. And then the next week we got 99 Anthony Rizzo or like, or 95, it was 95 Rizzo. And then the next week we got Delgado. And it's just like that constant, like Mm -hmm. having to grind out for the next card because there's a better card than what you have is that literally is addiction patterns. They are trying to tap into that like addiction needing to get the high of unlocking a new card Mm -hmm. and them coming out and saying that ultimate team modes are effectively predatory in nature. That's they didn't say it in those words, but that's, that's the argument they made for why they changed the diamond dynasty content structure is because they didn't want a situation where they expressly said, we don't want a situation where we're just dangling that carrot in front of you and you have to just, every time get that carrot and then move on to the next carrot it also it felt like like the content drops in 22 specifically they were a little more patterned in 20 and 21 you'd have Mm -hmm. four weeks 28 days five weeks whatever it was to do whatever it is but this year they were like oh there's like two weeks for this one there's 10 days for this one there's four for this one it yeah they did an okay job of patterning everything to the point where nothing really overlapped a ton, but at the same time, there were legit moments, especially for me who like creates content, does this podcast to give reviews of the new content. Like I kind of need to have the new content within a reasonable amount of time. It became incredibly overwhelming. Mm -hmm. There was simply too much to do. Mm -hmm. And now I think it's good. You should always have more game modes than fewer game modes, right? Because it will attract different audiences. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think a streamline needed to happen to make it less, like you said, of that addiction of that have to do this. That like I was literally writing down to do lists of how to attack the content, yeah. and that's for ridiculous. Sure. You shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, and I mean for the casual player, like obviously we're both content creators, so we have the time to dedicate to like learning the game and figure yeah. out what's going on. If you were a new player and jumped into DD, you would have no idea where to start. Oh my like, god, and like, like I. I say I say this on the podcast sometimes, and I've gotten feedback from people, so I've tried to stop saying it as much, but like the casual or everyday player, I don't say that, first of all, as a derogatory thing. I mm-hmm. say that as you work a hard job, you come home, maybe before your kids come home from practice or maybe after dinner, you sit down and flick the sticks for a couple hours. Let's say you do that two to three times a week. You can't play Diamond Dynasty with that amount of time. You just no. simply can't, and it's not fair. They mm-hmm. need to make it more fair to players of all backgrounds, skill levels, time availabilities, things like that. Yeah, I just don't know how you do it. That's the... That's I don't the know either, but hopefully part. this maybe is the step. I don't know. Like, maybe I, 99s are going to be really easy to get. Yeah, I don't know if that's I, good, but maybe they will be. I do appreciate... or I, I did appreciate how they handled content in 20 and 21, like you're saying, where you knew there was a pattern, right? You would get you get the players a month the first week of every new month you would get the you had 28 days on every inning program you knew the inning program was going to be around for 28 days yep last year's content structure was the most overwhelming yeah it it was the most overwhelming content structure we've had in mlb the show because you never knew 
how much time you were going to have to grind something. Mm -hmm. Like say I went on vacation and it happened to be during that back to the old school feature program, which was like 10 days. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm on vacation for a week. And then I have three days to try to come and finish up this program. And that's, that's cool and all, but like people have lives outside of playing Mm -hmm. MLB the show. They can't play MLB the show for a hundred hours every week. I will say that one thing that they did really, really well, and I hope returns last or this year is they did a very, very good job of making sure double XP was turned on for yes. the last week of every program. Very good and job of that. Is awesome because if you needed to get caught up really, really quickly in MLB the show for mm-hmm. whatever, um, that that was a great way to go about that. And there are differing opinions on um making past program cards super available. They did that quite a bit, where like mm-hmm. two programs in the future, if you made it far enough in the path, they gave you the old rewards. Yeah, totally. I could see both sides of that coin. Whereas like, well, why did I just grind a month ago? Or mm-hmm. like, well, now they don't cost anything on the market. They're essentially worthless. Yeah. But you also have to remember they were very much phased out by that point because that's how the content kept going. So yeah, I-, I think they recognize that they pushed us too hard too fast. Yeah, and, and I, I will say for the first time, I think ever in MLB The Show's history, the marketplace was not a disaster last year. Like no. every card was attainable on the marketplace with a reasonable bottom stubs. Like I don't, outside of maybe a couple of live series cards, like virtually every card was sub 200,000 mm-hmm. by the, you know, within a week of that card being out, which is super, yeah. super cool. And the um, headliners, right? The headliners, every headliner with the exception of maybe one or two of the very best ones was like 20 grand to get on the marketplace. And that's mm-hmm. awesome because you had, in 21 there was times where you would have to spend 140,000 stubs to get a new headliner just because it was like Carlos Santana as a catcher yeah. and, and then to be completely misplaced a week later by yeah. or displaced rather later by another headliner or whatever came out yeah and so I, I think that they did a really really good job in 22 of making sure the marketplace was low now that has been a disaster for like the last four months because there's been no players and there's no supply yeah. for yeah. the <laughs> demand but um, for for the a vast majority of MLB the show 22 all of the cards were very accessible on the marketplace and hopefully that's something that carries over into 23 so I'm I don't want you to have to now like give away content surprises or anything like that but I mm-hmm. think now is a good time to talk about like what type of content people should expect from us maybe in this upcoming year I've been pretty transparent about like I'm trying to hit YouTube a little harder but I've also mm-hmm. realized that gameplay, as much as I love playing the game, gameplay doesn't do it for my YouTube channel. Yeah, And I'm not going to create a secondary channel. Good for people who do, who can maintain multiple. I can't. That's not me. Okay. Yeah, I have recognized have that's not my niche. So I'm going to be doing more how-to content. You know, how to pitch with Clayton Kershaw. How to pitch with Randy Johnson. Uh, new that's content. a really good idea. That's a really I'm going to give it a shot. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of gameplay, but I'd only be showing the pitching and I don't need to show all nine innings. Yeah. I think so, that like, that's trying actually... to innovate a little bit. That's actually a really, really good idea because I don't think that I've seen anyone be that um be that directed on things. Like, right. So if we get a new mm-hmm. card, like a 99 Randy Johnson, and he has certain pitches, you can be like, here's how I think that you should attack hitters specifically, yeah. maybe a left-handed hitter or a right-handed hitter. I'll be the um, guinea pig. Have, we'll see how yeah. it goes. You know, because like, I think that, that could work really, really well. When you when wise. you see my problem with gameplay, and this is not me shitting on content creators listen content creation is not easy especially for a baseball game where baseball Mm -hmm. is always baseball a lot of gameplay is going to look very similar dependent on how skillful you are but when when content creators do picture reviews on youtube 
what do you see? The last pitch of every at-bat that results in an out, a hit, a walk, whatever it is. Yeah. I'm going to show you how I set the hitters up. I'm going to show you how I tunnel. I'm going to show you how I punch people out. If I need a double play, here's how I pitch the contact. Like, Because like you, I consider myself a significantly better pitcher than hitter. Mm-hmm. You know, if I scrape across five runs in a Hall of Fame game, I think I'm Jesus. Yeah, so that's me too. I'm pitching to get outs and I'm I'm winning games because I'm pitching. So mm-hmm. that'll be on the channel. We're doing whiteboard stuff. I'm going to try to create YouTube content that is not only engaging, but easy for me to put together. And that's not laziness. That's just knowing my niche. So what, what should people expect from you as far as what you're creating? I know you're all over the place all the time. Yeah. I, we're in a lot of different places and it's really hard because <laughs> like, like you, I have a full-time job outside yeah. of content creation. Yes. So um, it's hard to be able to devote time to making sure I'm making good content. But what I'm planning on doing this year, I'm not going to be, like you said, other people um, can really, really specialize their YouTube channels and we'll have different YouTube channels for different types of things. Everything's going to be on my same YouTube channel. But what I'm expecting to do is a rebuild franchise. That's generally the things that do the best on my YouTube channels. People seem to really, really like it. I'm going to do two different road to the shows, a closing pitcher road to the show and a hitter road to the show. Um, closing pitcher road to the shows are a lot of fun. And I feel like people don't pay attention to them all that you much. Can zoom, you can zoom through them too. You're you pitching zoom, what, two innings max per game. Yeah, And like, you're coming in during like high stress yeah, impact situations. That's and cool. that should be cool. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. And then of course there's going to be DD gameplay on top of it. Um, TikTok is still going to be the standard kind of DD news and information. Um, that people expect from me, but I'm going to try to kind of change it a little bit this year where mm-hmm. we're going to be doing a road to the show over on TikTok. We're going to be doing mm-hmm. a franchise that's specific to TikTok. That's cool. And we're going to be adding in some more DD gameplay or some more gameplay onto my TikTok as well. Um, so just so people can get some variety on there. I don't know how it's going to work because TikTok tends to hate you if you post too many videos in a uh, day. Stink. Yeah. So I need to figure out how, how we're going to plan that out. And then I'm coming back or I have been back on Twitch for a couple months now and for MLB, the show 23's launch, at least for probably the first month or two, I would expect at least four streams a week, nice. um, if not more. And the only thing that we'll be doing on, on Twitch is a hundred percent DD. Like that's, well, that's see, that's why I think I can get away with not putting gameplay on YouTube. Because if you want gameplay, if you want theme teams, team builds, I'm live on Twitch once or twice a week. Once my busy season's over, that number grows to maybe three, sometimes four yeah. days a week. You want gameplay? Twitch is the best place for that. And we can Agreed. talk while things are happening. We can go through decisions together as things are transpiring on YouTube. Not only is the editing really tough for for a long game, but it like takes forever God, when you have forever. when you have like scan and ants just raising the bar with gameplay editing, mm-hmm. like it's magnificent. I can't keep up with that, and that's mm-hmm. their lane, and they're phenomenal at it. I'm gonna find my own lane and do something else. So that's kind of yeah. where I'm at. No, I think that, that I agree, and I feel like Road to the Show, specifically for me, franchise and Road to the Show is a niche that hasn't been fulfilled a whole lot on. Mm-hmm on youtube like you have mighty goat who does incredibly road to the show series and he's kind of the road to the show guy but outside of that not a whole lot of road to the show series on youtube and then people people i think will enjoy that but then the other thing is like you have franchises on youtube as well whether it be ant or um um bangle or Mm -hmm. a couple a couple other big creators that do franchises but outside of that there's only like four or five well-known franchises every other content creator is doing dd gameplay like so uh, trying to zig a little bit while others um zag i guess is one of the things that i I really struggle with my content but the way that i'm setting up my content is whatever you want 
you're going to be able to find in different places. If you want the DD gameplay, come watch me on Twitch. If you want the mm-hmm. franchise road of the show, you can follow me over on TikTok or you can follow me on YouTube. Like it's wherever you, whatever you want contest wise, whatever you enjoy, I'm going to have something for you. And now, so I know you're a Pokemon guy and I know yep. you're a TikTok guy. So you, do you know of Purple Cliff's Pokemon TikTok only series that he did probably like a year ago at this point? Um, No, actually I don't. Okay, I will send it to you once we're done. He essentially did a TikTok only gameplay of Pokemon. I forgot which one it was. It was like a one of the older games. It it literally made him famous. Like I'm trying to remember, like he's well, so funny and it was so creative. He was doing 60-second TikTok Pokemon run-through videos. It was insane. I do know him. He lived on my for you page. Actually, I didn't know him by name, but I just looked him up. And yes, I do do remember he does a lot of randomizers and nuzlocks yes. and that kind of stuff. And he has some really, really good shiny reactions during yes, the... and like Pokemon card content. Yes. He he plays cool, the cool. TCG, things like that. Yeah. So yeah. And I know, feel it's like not, only... it's not apples to apples because Pokemon's a lot bigger scope than MLB the show, but like a road to the show TikTok only series, you never know. It well, the person, up. the person, there is one person I think that does really, really high tier TikTok road to the show stuff, and it's skeezy. And I don't okay. know if he's ever ended up on your for you page, yes. but yeah. he has like 150 or 200,000 followers at this point. But he does road to the show series on his TikTok, and they do really, really, really well. And last year, when I did my Washington Nationals franchise on TikTok, that's some of the best viewership that I've ever mm-hmm. seen on TikTok. I was doing like 250, 300,000 views every single video i posted on that franchise so i'm hoping kind of expanding my content on tiktok will help me in the algorithm because god man there are ways to like because road to the show if you step back and look at it it's this beast of a like 10 seasons think of how many at bats or innings pitched or Mm -hmm. games you've played over 10 seasons but when you break that down into like let's say a 90 second tiktok i don't know what the sweet spot for it would be i'm just using 90 seconds you can encapsulate a week or a month into a real story and like create drama. And it's so different content than you'd get anywhere else. Have you seen any of those guys that run NCAA 14 player um, careers on, on TikTok? TikTok? No, I haven't like, seen it on TikTok. I watch plenty of people who play 14, but not on TikTok. Yeah. Bordeaux, dude, he, he does like essentially just creates players. He's like, can my five, six corner make it to the <laughs> NFL? And then he puts out like, you know, 30 videos on TikTok about this five, six corners career. And he transfers to different schools. And yeah. like, it's just like, it's crazy. The the storylines and stuff he puts into that. And that's what I want to do in road to the show this year is put out like a road to the show closer that just has like mm-hmm. these crazy storylines. And we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I think it's going to be pretty hard and it's going to take me a little bit of time to like find my sweet spot on it. But ultimately, cool, I though. think it could be really cool. <laughs> it's one of the things I love so much. Like I watch a lot of Dimu, no matter what he's streaming. Mm-hmm. I just hit him as a person is just very like endearing and easy to, to, to like and watch and want to do well, things like that. He has hit such a stride with his football content as somebody who's not really a football or he has just become a football person. Mm-hmm. What I love so much about what he did with 14, kind of like you're saying, is by allowing his subs and viewers to name players, you instantly, first of all, get that affinity towards that player. Yeah. And then, you know, because he's a good storyteller, you can create these situations where, oh, this guy's the underdog, you know, McLovin, whatever he named him, I just made, you know, whatever it is. This is the underdog. Let's follow him through four years. Oh, he's going to win the high. Like you can create such 
connection to your audience with that. And I wish sure. MLB The Show made that a little easier. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it is pretty hard to do because, like, obviously, you could do you could do a sub franchise, but even that would be kind of hard because prospects take so long to hit the majors. Yeah, and, and like you'd have to have the ability to take Mike Trout and rename him something. Like, the, yeah. it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of places where I do think that MLB The Show specifically. Um, has not done a very good job of being innovative with their content. Just like yeah. if you look at a lot of content creators across the board, and don't get me wrong, like there's a lot of fantastic content creators. Mm-hmm. Oh, so this many. Community, this community is awesome. But everyone has fallen into the rut of doing like DD player reviews and yeah. like, or DD, um, just like your standard DD gameplays. This was a crazy ranked seasons game and that kind of stuff. And you're seeing people's try to start breaking out of that mold or doing like theme teams at the end of the year. But like Ants and Scan and the one that I think has killed it with his um, Double Trouble series, Kev Rado. Mm-hmm. Like Kev, Kev is doing some of the most creative content on YouTube for MLB The Show yeah. without a doubt. And those guys, I think, are all three are going to have very, very good years with the content that they're doing because they're trying to put out something creative. We've been seeing these DD player reviews for four years at this point i can only see so many more debuts where like somebody goes one for four with a single and like listen it's hard but i think we need to all get off the hamster wheel a little bit Mm -hmm. and like ants and scan will spend a week on a video yeah instead of like i have to churn this out tomorrow and it is hard though because i will say that dd lends itself to that kind of um debut gameplay really really well yeah i just think we need to be better at finding different ways to do it yeah and it's hard because like in order to be creative with your content you have to have the time and energy and ability to be Mm -hmm. creative with your content and yeah um that really lends itself because there's only like as far as i can think of there's only like seven full-time content creators in the mlb the show community so those are the guys that are going to have the ability and opportunity Mm -hmm. to go out there and kind of innovate um unless we get some of these like younger kids that are in high school that have all the time in the world to come home and do stuff um it's it's really going to be up to the demos and the kyles and the cheesies and shelfy like yeah. to and coogs and those guys to innovate so the rest of us can kind of fall in line with things that work because at the end of the day if for a mid-tier content creator for someone like me the way you become successful on other platforms is by ripping off other people's content and putting your own spin on it. Mm-hmm. And like Ludwig has said that forever. Yep. It's like, if you want to work, find something that's tried and true, find something in your niche that works and then rip off the the content and put your spin on it. And yeah, this, this is not verbatim, but like, there's a quote that like the best art is if you steal it or if it's stolen or some, yeah. something to that effect. It's like, you need to emulate something. Yeah. It's very hard to just like parachute in and be unique. It's very yeah. hard. Yeah, and it takes a lot, a lot of time to um, kind of find out what your niche is going to be and find out what works for you. But ultimately, um, I want to see more content creators, myself included, take more risks this year with their content. Because realistically, if you put out three videos on a um, YouTube or three videos on TikTok and you realize, oh, this series isn't working, you can just scrap it. Yeah. And like, there's going to be people that come in and like, oh, I really like that series. It sucks that it's gone. But at the end of the day, like, it's you just need to start throwing kind of crap at the wall and see what sticks for you and see what works. Quite literally, speaking of throwing crap at the wall, that is what Whiteboard Wednesday is. That yeah. I created Whiteboard Wednesday as something I thought would be fun. I've seen YouTubers do this unrelated to gaming. It's just them and a whiteboard and a little bit of comedy. At least mm-hmm. they think it's funny, and so do I. You know, I, I think what I'm doing is fun. I have a blast recording it, but 
it, I've already seen peaks and valleys. It's been three or four weeks. You know, I don't necessarily view watch and especially cause I'm a smaller YouTube channel. There are going to yeah. be extremes. There are going yeah. to be like 25 views and then 2000 views. It's gonna, it's gonna be a broad yeah, range of outcomes, sure. but I've seen like my whiteboards will do 300 or they'll do 50. And like, mm-hmm. You can't give up on it right away, but I'm committed to do it. I don't think anyone's doing this in our community mm-hmm. right now. And I'm not trying to claim it as this wildly creative thing, but like, because it's different, I'm trying to stick with it for myself and we're going to see what happens. And again, yeah. I have a blast doing it. So at the end of the day, I'm going to keep going. Yeah. That, and that works. I mean, for sure. You have to give something in time um, to, to see if it grows and see, see if people buy into it. Um, it's just tough, man. Being a content creator is one of those things that if a lot of times it feels like if you're not, if you're not putting up the best views you can, you're mm-hmm. kind of falling behind. And that's always been my, um, the one that I've struggled with over the years and have kind of just come to grips with over the last year, maybe two is really not paying attention to other people's yeah. content so much. Mm-hmm. And it's being like, Oh, this person is a similar size content creator to me and he's getting 200 views on Twitch or he's getting 30,000 views on the TikTok, Whereas my TikTok that's basically the same only got 20,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been hard over the last couple of years to really just kind of focus yeah. on myself and, you know, make changes to my content based on what I think I can do mm-hmm. and not try to really focus on what other people are doing. But the point of the beginning of this conversation or why I started this segment of the conversation was because I think 23 is going to offer a lot of people a lot of chances to do different things. It's not just going to be. Listen, going back to Dimu, I love his No Money Spent series. There was a time in my MLB The Show playing career where that was incredibly valuable content to me because I was really learning the ins and outs of how it works. But with the way DD has changed, there are going to be so many opportunities for more people to create more content, more how-tos, more things of that nature. And I'm just excited to see where the game takes us. I agree. I think that this is going to be a really, really fun year for content creators. I feel like there's some content creators who are going to blow up into like very established, well-known names. Um, We've all done it. I happen to catch TikTok at the perfect time, Mm -hmm. right? So I caught TikTok before it was oversaturated. At the point I was posting on TikTok, it was basically only Swan. Like Swan was the only person that was really, really diving in heavy to TikTok. And I got in right at the perfect time where I could establish my community before it got oversaturated. And I think that there's another opportunity for that this year on YouTube where you're going to see some people, Zach, and you're already seeing it with Anson Scan. I think that those are two, mm-hmm. two, if I had to really look at it, Kev Brado, he blew up last year, but I think he's going to continue his ascension this yep. year. There's going to be some guys that do some really, really creative and fun things on YouTube, and they're going to absolutely blow up because of it. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see where it all takes us. I am so excited that we are literally guys we're days away we are days away from a new game and like we said at the top of the show i don't think there's ever been this much anticipation for a new title in mlb the show so yeah i think we'll wrap here with nutsy we just talked about all the content coming out just in case people are not following you i don't know why but where can they find you on your various platforms yeah so you can find me on twitch youtube and tiktok all at nutsy poo um on twitter i am at nutsy poo underscore ttv and I mean, if you want to, if you want to keep up on all of my content, Twitter is probably the best place to find me. Cause I'll always post updates on when I'm going live or when I'm posting YouTube videos and that kind of stuff, but feel free to follow me over on those other places. Um, and let's have a good launch, man. Let's, let's get to it. <laughs> and you guys know where to find me. My goal is to hit 500 subscribers by Friday. We are knocking on the effing door. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. We're going to get partnered on YouTube by the end of the year. I hope I'm pushing for it. That's my goal. 
help me get there. We'll do it as a community. We'll have a blast in the process. So thank you guys for listening. Do a giveaway. Do a giveaway. I did a giveaway. I did a giveaway of the deluxe edition already. I did that. That helped. It definitely helped. Uh, But yeah, maybe more giveaways to come. We'll see. It feels like buying subscribers a little bit, but hey, if I can give back to the community, that's cool too. Yeah. Um, But yes, thank you guys for listening. Nutsy, thank you for being a two-time guest. I appreciate your time. And uh, everyone, good luck on launch night. I hope you pull all the diamonds in the world and then sell them to me for cheap. Thank you. Have a good one. See you later.